Good morning, everybody. Cheers. I'm trying not to smack my lips into the microphone because uh, my wife doesn't listen, but her and I both get driven off by that. She kind of rubbed off on me on that, so you can uh, blame her. Um, but today I want to tell a little bit of a story about getting zeroed out, as they might say. Um, what does that mean? And then the reconstruction as well, which, what does that mean? <laughs> well, we will get into that today, so make sure you got a nice cup of coffee. I got my uh, beautiful shark mug that I love very much. I see, it's even got like a little tail for the handle. I got it at SeaWorld when my wife and I were there a year or two ago. Anyways, let's uh, get into it. Oh, before we do that, make sure you head to the links below to get yourself some Fox and Sons coffee, which I am drinking right now. I got the Brazil honey prep with a little bit of sugar-free vanilla creamer and some coconut syrup in there as well. It is absolutely fantastic. I love their coffee. And uh, yeah, so, oh, and use code Kyle at checkout. I apologize. I should add that. And then also all the other stuff, supplements and BS like that. So um, yeah, guys, let's rock and roll. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty, physical, and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. Okay? I am. <laughs> All right. One more time. Good morning, everybody. GM's in the chat if you're hanging out. Um I appreciate all you guys being here with me. It is nice, bright and early on a Sunday. Maybe not bright and early for you, but uh, well, it's definitely not bright and early for me. I'm up at 4.30 and then do my workout. Um, all that good stuff. Oh, I forgot to put on my noise filters. Hopefully that sounds a little bit better now. But um, yeah, I appreciate everybody being here. Um, the last two weeks podcasts or the last couple podcasts I did this week I thought were pretty cool. Um, Tuesday I did what I'm grateful for and by the end of it we were watching videos of uh, deep fried turkeys exploding which I hadn't seen before. I heard um, of a lot of people doing that and then the oil going everywhere and it goes up in flames. It's pretty entertaining. Um, I did one with Adam Fitzgerald and we covered mostly like Israel and some of the stuff going on in Gaza and Palestine, which was uh, really, really interesting. Um, obviously Monday did five till midnight. I couldn't tell you, we usually just shoot the shit on there and it's a really good time anyways. Um, and then Thursday night was the show of the week, at least for me, it was a real big highlight. Um, we had Rolla Tomasi on cognitive vigilance, which was a really, really cool show. I really, really enjoyed that. So make sure you go check out all the shows that I did this week. Make sure you go subscribe to the cognitive vigilance YouTube channel and subscribe to the five till midnight YouTube channel. And I know I'm just plugging and chilling away here, but um, I'd really appreciate that because that um, helps support those channels and help them grow. And then obviously if you're listening here right now, um, whether it be audio, YouTube, rumble, you name it, please subscribe there give me a thumbs up a like help boost me in the algorithm a little bit and help get my message and um what i want to do here out there um i was uh mostly getting crap last night on twitter and into this morning because um they had a picture let me see if i could actually pull this up and i'll just uh kind of banter on this for a little bit um let me zoom up here 
and present this to you guys. And this time I'm actually gonna make sure to hide my DMs. Not that I have anything like incriminating or anything like that in here. But uh while we're just kind of casually shooting the shit here, let me pull this up. So um they had this little crowd for those listening and it's like basically the whole picture is just a large group of people and there's one person at the bottom and they're saying yes you were all wrong and uh the tweet is this was obviously engagement bait but uh they said what opinion will you defend like this and i said china poses absolutely zero threat to america or americans and the only reason you believe they do is because you were propagandized and yes if you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time you will absolutely know that i will defend that to the grave um i'm very anti-china hawk because i don't think we should be going to war with china i think that's absolutely ridiculous and um you know i think we have bigger and worse problems to focus on than fighting war with china because um we have problems here at home and we should be concerned about our own front rather than trying to pick a war over across the world and the same deal goes for russia iran um palestine you name it like that's none of our business let's get the hell out of it and just leave those places of the world alone let them figure out their own problems take a sip of the coffee I really do like the shape of this mug. I used it this morning to put water in my cream of rice. But um, just a lot of people giving me crap for it. And one thing that I also kind of wanted to uh, illuminate here, which kind of gets into getting zeroed out in the reconstruction, was that uh, I've kind of enacted a policy on Twitter where I will no longer engage with people who I don't. Ah, my man, thank you. Good morning. Like I said, GM's in the chat. I appreciate you dropping by, brother. Um. Okay, I've enacted a policy of not interacting with people who are not my followers, and I break it occasionally. There's very, very few exceptions. There's some people that don't follow me that I think are good people, and I don't follow them back. But um, basically for me, it's to just see who supports me and who I support, and I'm only going to give them positive or even negative feedback based on their relationship that they have with me. And I'm going to dictate all the interactions that I have online solely on what I feel is productive and what I think is giving me a return on investment or what I think is worth my time. Um, I think that's a good policy to have. Um, I see like a lot of bigger accounts that do not interact with people. And it's kind of funny because like typically what they'll do is I'll make an example of somebody who has a following that's like way, 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 way smaller than theirs. And they'll quote tweet them and, you know, the thing will blow up. But um, like that's not what I typically do. Um, I did kind of break the rule today where I said um, they said, oh, well, China caused lockdowns, destroyed the West and all this. But, you know, my question always there is, well, who locked down the U.S.? Was it China? Or was it your own government that locked you in your home and destroyed your economy? <laughs> I'm just saying it was not China that locked us down. Now, you could say, oh, well, they released uh, the beer bug into the world, and that's why that uh, they all locked down and destroyed their economies. But it, we didn't have to do that. And now, you know, as more and more time goes by, I know we're three years out of this. And, you know, us stupid libertarians won't shut the hell up about COVID. But um, uh, I would just like people to know that, like, we wouldn't have to do that again. And I know everybody's stirring and brewing about another potential cold that's going on now. Um, like I kind of say with jobs and when I hear people saying, oh, my God, this person makes a gajillion dollars an hour. Well, I don't believe shit <laughs> until I start seeing the payroll. Um, they didn't release the thing that we made. <laughs> My point exactly. Um, and I'm still not fully convinced that it was entirely China. Um, I know that, you know, there were funds that went over the Wuhan lab, but let's not forget that there was some shady shit going on in Fort Detrick. And I haven't looked too, too deep into this. I know Robbie Martin and um, Gumby for Christ, as he goes by on Twitter, had did a little bit of a dive on this, but there were actually some few cases of 
um, like a severe flu around Fort Detrick in Maryland, I think it is. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. Fort Detrick. Um, yes, Maryland. Okay. Wow, I can't believe I remembered that on the spot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there were uh, some flu-like symptoms going around in Maryland around the same time that uh COVID had started to break out so or and they've been known to do shady shit like that in fort dietrich now once again i'm not the expert on this i haven't dug too much into it but um there's definitely something to consider and especially when you consider the pivot to asia back in 2012 that obama had started and then trump had continued to rise up and now biden has just completely put you know power to the metal with this stuff um i can't think of a better ploy than to say that hey china released this bug on the world so therefore we got to stick it in their face to say that they killed all these people now am i saying that china didn't do it no i don't know and to be honest i don't think any of us really know if uh, china chose to release the coronavirus or if it was something that the us did or if it was somehow both um i think where i kind of land is that um it was a effort on the u.s or between the u.s and china where the U.S. had sent a lot of funds over there and that it legitimately was an accident. And then, you know, the authoritarians in countries all over the world, not just in the U.S. and China, had chosen to use this to their advantage. Um, that's kind of where I land. And you could call me blue-pilled. You could say, oh, you cuck, 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 because you don't believe in my conspiracy theory. But I don't know. And we'll probably never know. And that's kind of the the thing, you know, with a lot of this stuff, we will just never know what exactly happened. And, you know, I, I think that takes a lot more um, humility to say that you just don't know. And that's one of the things that I'm always wanting to do is say, hey, I don't have to know. <laughs> there are plenty of things I'm not an expert on. Um, you know, I've studied nutrition for years and years and years. Um, I've been an automotive technician for 10 years and gone to every single GM hands-on class that you could possibly think of. Um, and I'm still not the number one leading expert on repairing General Motors vehicles. In fact, I still get it wrong quite a bit. Um, um, where else? Uh, you know, the military buildup on China. You could say Connor Freeman or Scott Horton or Pat McFarland or Dave DeCamp are like the experts on that. I'm certainly not because I still learn stuff from them. And I still learn stuff every single day. Um, but uh, yeah, basically, like just the idea that any of us would have a monopoly on knowledge or how things go in the world, I think is ridiculous. But one thing is pretty clear to me, and I think um, that is that China doesn't pose a threat threat to the United States. The only threat that they do pose, and once again, there's a big caveat here, would be if we continue to poke them in the eye like we do, and then were to continue to arm Taiwan and then get in between those two and then somehow bring that war back home, which it seems like there's a lot of intent in doing. So one more time, if you're drinking coffee, put GM in the chats or whatever you're doing. I appreciate all you guys spending your time here with me. Really, really cool that you could be doing anything in the world right now, but you are here just shooting the crap with me on a, on a wonderful Sunday morning. It's a little bit crappy here in Pennsylvania, a little bit warmer than it normally is, but it's still rainy day, so I didn't get to go take the dogs for a walk this morning. Um, I went to a wedding last night, and that was uh, pretty, eh, it was entertaining. Um, it was for my older stepbrother who um just got married to his girlfriend um very happy for them and hopefully that they have a good marriage but um i guess this can kind of serve as a good pivot over to what i wanted to talk about today and that's uh called getting zeroed out and i want to start with a little bit of an essay from Roll tomasi who once again we had on cognitive vigilance make sure you go back or go to cognitive vigilance youtube channel and check out that show because i think that was a really good show and i thought it was a really good conversation and i think we'll have more of those in the future um 
So uh, Rollo wrote here in his article, last week I introduced a new concept in what most men can expect at some point in their lives. This is the idea of being zeroed out. Basically, men having most of a lifetime of status, financial equity, reputation, professional and educational growth, emotional investment, and other metrics of men's life equity being erased. I wanted to detail this a bit more here now, as I think much of this concept gets easily misconstrued for men. Um, I'm not going to go any further in the article, but I will link it in the description, which I forgot to do. So I apologize for that for everybody listening. Um, but basically what being zeroed out means is exactly like you said um at some point in your life you could expect some kind of hardship to completely change the way that you view the world and um you know whether that be through a friendship a relationship um the loss of a family member some kind of great event in your life is going to zero you out so to speak as in what you thought was real and what you thought was basically earning you something like you know, if you worked your entire life and thought that because you did all these things that that meant that people were going to be loyal to you or treat you a certain way, you have this is a red pill concept is, is a, a covert contract that you did all these things with the expectation that you get something back. Um, and then when you find out that that's not the case, then you get what's called zeroed out where you feel like you have no options. And this is where a lot of people might off themselves. And um, that happened to me multiple times in my life. And you may not think of it today because <laughs> you see the built guy before you right now. And I know this sounds arrogant, but, um, you know, I had um, at one point when I was 15 years old, a point like this. And then I would say probably one point when I was 22 or 23 years old um, and both were revolving around relationships. And this is kind of why I enjoy talking about red pill topics so much is because um, this kind of information, I would say, really saved my life. And people can throw stones at it all they like and say, oh, well, it's bullshit. And, you know, it's just uh, getting women drunk on podcasts and giving them white claw and get the fuck out of here. Um, or it's just teaching you to hate women. But really, it kind of did the opposite for me, to be completely honest with you. And it really helped me look at my life in a way that was going to be a lot more productive for me down the road. And by that was kind of going into college with the idea that like, I'm going to get this education. I'm going to make the most out of myself and my career for myself. And this kind of goes into the reconstruction bit, but um, I guess I should start with the zeroing out. So my first zeroing out was when I was about 15 years old and I was dating a girl for about a year and a half. And, um, the relationship was pretty good, at least in, you know, as good as you could be in like middle school, high school, whatever. But, um, we had dated for about 10 months, then we broke up, and I was the long-haired kid who listened to Metallica, who was dating a cheerleader, or not a cheerleader, I'm sorry, but she was like a very, very pretty girl, and, um, you know, I was kind of the slouch, the kid who came from the slums, if you will, you know, pretty rough, you know, hoodlum kid, if you will. Um, you know, we lived in Trenum underneath the bridge, which is a, not like a bad neighborhood, but it, it was a cheap part of town because it was all my mom could afford at the time. So I felt like I was doing something right. And, um, you know, after 10 months, she finally broke it off and I had considered ending it all right there. Um, and thank God that I had my older brother and obviously my father in my life to kind of come by and say like, Hey, we're here for you and we're going to work through this. So like, I didn't quite realize what it was back then that I built this contract and built this ideal in my head that if I was a good boyfriend and I did things right then that would mean that 
you know, the right woman or the woman at the time that I was with would continue to stay with me for the rest of my life. And I'd live happily ever after. That was a very, very, if you will, blue pill conditioned ideal that I had in my head in a covert contract I made with uh, my girlfriend at the time that I thought if I did all these things, then I would live a prosperous life. But the fact is, it's not true. And it's kind of why I think it's important that people kill this idea of the soulmate myth or relationship equity, where like, if I, <laughs> if I'm so nice to my wife for this long, and I do the chores, I mow the grass, then she's going to give me a blowjob. And I'm going to, you know, my life will be problem free. Well, that's ridiculous. Because what um, all these interactions for you may mean to you may mean something different to somebody else. And the idea that like, each act is going going to be equal in each other's eyes is just silly because like the way that you interpret um these interactions may be completely different than how another person interprets these interactions so um it's a better to just abolish all this stuff and realize that you're doing these acts for you and that it's the right thing to do yeah that don't work <laughs> see <laughs> he kind of gets it um but yeah, just the idea that it's chore play, right? And that's another red pill concept that uh, we talk about a little bit over in the Manosphere stuff. And I know people may not like when I talk about these subjects, but it's important. And if you think that um, this stuff isn't important, then, well, you're probably the person that needs to hear it more than anybody else. But um, yeah, life was pretty rough until I was in my 20s. And that's kind of where things started to get a lot better for me and i really started to kind of nail things into place i think build myself into somebody that was a lot better than who i was and began to get rid of all these ideals that really weren't helping me in any kind of way uh so before i continue on here let's run a little ad for fox and sun so you guys know where to get the best coffee and so that way you don't hear me sitting here chugging my coffee all right, guys, we are going to take a quick break from the show to tell you about the show's sponsor. We are now brought to you by Fox and Sons Coffees. You can see right here, I got the Den Blend Dark. Really enjoy that. Um, I've been drinking a lot of their Brazil honey prep right here. As you can hear, there's not a lot of beans left in it because I've been drinking it quite a bit. Um, just to tell you a little bit about Fox and Sons, why I support them and why you should too, is that uh, Stephen had started the company up in Michigan to help teach his son about entrepreneurship. Um, I'm all about that. And I do firmly believe that in order to spread liberty in our lifetimes, we have to support those who support similar values as us. And Stephen does support all the same libertarian values that I bring and talk about on the show a lot. So go to foxandsons.com, use code Kyle at checkout to get 15% off of orders, $25 or more. And there's always free shipping whenever you place an order that is more than $37.99. Um, find their coffee absolutely fantastic, and I'm sure you will too. So uh, one more time, go to foxandsons.com, use code Kyle at checkout to get yourself a little discount. Let them know I sent you and support the coffee that supports you. All right, guys, thanks. Back to the show. Look at this. I'm absolutely heartbroken. A lot of coffee. Um, I would have told my wife to bring me up more, but uh, she's at work right now. That's usually when I like to do these because I have a little bit more free time. But um, basically, when I was 15 years old, I got zeroed out and then had kind of came back from it. And then um, the next relationship that I got into was seriously over college. And um, I, I didn't really realize how um, serving as my own mental point of origin, which is another red pill topic that I really, really like, um, really made that relationship prosperous in a way that I, I 
didn't quite fully understand because I really wasn't concerned about anything else other than my purpose when I was in college, which I think is a very, very um, important thing. So um, not that I'm here to give people life advice, but um, the idea that you should be subservient to your woman and do whatever it takes to facilitate her needs and stuff like that, instead of being the most high value person that you can be is just silly. Um, you should absolutely focus on yourself, your purpose, get your money right, get your game right, um, get your job right, whatever it takes to put yourself first, not because you're an asshole and fuck everybody else, but because you know that you can do best for um, what you want to do and the people around you when that's the situation. I, that, that's way, 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 way more important. Um, so basically, when I was um, 22, I had entered a relationship with a woman who was probably for all intent and purposes, um, borderline personality disorder. Um, so we're going to call her Jen and that's not to swing at my singer, Jen. I just couldn't think of a better woman's name to make it um, easier. And then, um, there's another friend of mine who I'm no longer friends with, which you'll understand why here in a minute named Bob. And once again, this may sound, oh, you're bitching, you're crying, you're asking for sympathy. I'm not, this is just an example of this idea of equity that like if you do xx and x or xyz then you're going to get zy and x in return and it just doesn't work that way sometimes so i started dating this jen uh i found her on facebook and we started messaging and then we started dating and um my friend bob was friends with her too and then he decided that he would message her and say that hey Kyle is cheating on you with somebody that everybody in my friends group knew that I would have never cheated on her with. Um, everybody knew that I had no interest in this girl and she was very pretty, but like it was purely a platonic friendship and he had lied there and said that I cheated on her. So uh, me being my dumbass self thought that if I just did the right thing and if I was a nice guy and continued to capitulate to her, then she would eventually come, you know, crying back into my arms and everything would be good and the relationship would work out. But the fact is, is that as soon as that happened and she was willing to take Bob's side over mine, that everything that was established at that point was done. <laughs> there was no coming back. So, um, I tried and tried and tried for months and months to kind of work things out and it didn't work out. And I was absolutely crushed because my best friend had stabbed me in the back, best friend at the time had stabbed me in the back and ruined my relationship. And then the girl that I was, you know, feeding after had no longer wanted anything to do with me because, um, she was told a lie and she believed that rather than listening to what her you know boyfriend at the time was wanting to tell her. So that led to another zeroing out. And that was a point where I realized that just because somebody had called themselves my best friend and somebody, you know, I spent a lot of time with throughout my childhood, um, had always said he was there for me, really didn't give a shit about what I did for either one of them, um, that neither one of them had really cared about the things that I did for them. And this goes back to, once again, the red pill concept of um, relationship equity and being your own mental point of origin and realizing that like some of the things you do have to be because you think it's the right thing to do and because you're going to center it around yourself and you're putting yourself first rather than trying to set everybody else to you know kiss your feet because you did everything for them that's just never going to work out and once again what i may consider five points of nice guy you may consider as nothing or you may think i'm an asshole for even fucking doing it so there was no reason for me to think that way. Um, it was a very, very bad situation, and it really set me down a dark path. I mean, I wasn't quite suicidal, but I thought that, um, you know, just I did everything right and that 
I should, you know, why, why would my life go wrong? I did everything right. So, um, at that point I realized that I had to do some serious work. So I started, I joined a band at that point and then had started to, um, you know, go out and play music again and finally started to kind of build my world back up and make myself into somebody that I thought was admirable. I played in an awesome band that was back when I was in wretched high back in like 2017, 2018. Uh, my best friend ended up slashing his wife during COVID times on earth him essentially dead to me. Sorry. You went through this dude. I appreciate that. Um, you know what, uh, to your point, it's, it's really, really rough, right? Because we go through these things and it's absolutely heartbreaking. But, um, in today's world where we, as guys don't really have to suffer as much anymore to become men, um, the breaking down of our egos is sometimes a necessary thing to rebuild ourselves into somebody on an understanding that like you have to do this stuff for yourself you cannot do it for somebody else um if i built my entire relationship on satisfying my wife and making her into a prosperous woman and making putting our relationship first instead of saying that i'm going to be the best i that i can be then our relationship would have already been dead from the start right um, JVP, if you could specify, I've said this myself too a few times. I think I know what you're talking about, but, um, I appreciate you guys being here. My old man even dropped by in the chat, which is really, really cool. Um, but like, you have to do this for you. That's my entire point with this is that like, and kind of to the point of the reconstruction is that like, after you get zeroed out and you get your balls completely smashed, you put your dick in a vice and then you tighten that fucker up until one of your testicle pops. I know it's grotesque and gross, but like. You do that and then you realize that once again these ideals that you built your world on were entirely false premises premises premise whatever <laughs> you built your world on a foundation that was made of glass and then that, when that's shattered you have to figure out how to build yourself back up with a more solid foundation that's going to lead you to be a little bit more prosperous for you and <laughs> um that's really what I had to do. So, um, you know, I did what was called spinning places and dating non-exclusively there for a little bit. And then I finally met my wife and then decided that, okay, well, maybe it's my time to move into something a little bit more premises stakes. Oh, I know who that is. Thanks for dropping by, man. Premise, premise eyes. I don't know if that's it either. <laughs> I don't, you know what? You guys are going to have to Google this. Plural of premise. Uh, premises. I don't know. We're not going to spend too much time there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you have to rebuild your life basically for you and realize that like, hey, I'm going to get jacked and tan. I'm going to do better in my job. I'm going to check off all these boxes and I'm going to make myself into somebody that's worth influence. And I always say this in like the libertarian world too, where like we joke that libertarians are autists and can't get laid and they're losers and stuff like that. Well, why don't you break out of that? Why don't you do something that makes you worthy of influence? Cause how else are you going to influence people? If you've read every single libertarian book in the world, but you're not an admirable person, why would anybody look your way? <laughs> if you're not somebody that's worthy of influence, then why would anybody want to listen to you anyways? Um, one more time, everybody, I'm out of coffee, but if you're still drinking it or, you know, you're going through whatever, feel free to drop a GM in the chat and drop a super chat as well. I forget about that every single show. Um, you can't super chat here and I appreciate it because, um, that helps support me and what I'm doing here. And hopefully you guys enjoy the content that I do and everything that I do for you guys. But, um, you know, when I was like 23, um, that was kind of when I realized that I had to build myself back up. 
uh, let me read this here. Uh, you know, some of us were raised by a lack for a better term, boomer generation men. We were conditioned that our job was to work as hard as we could, as much as we could to be a provider. Now everything will just fall into place if we do that. Nowadays, that doesn't work, but it takes a lot to teach us that when we were beat into us from the time we were born. It is so, I don't want to say funny because it's not funny, but like that comment right there that I just read from my dad. It's absolutely true that we are taught as guys from the time that we're kids, if we do, it's the covert contract I was talking about, where if we just do everything right, if we just are a good provider, and we're just nice enough. And if we go get married and do everything for our wives, then we're going to live a long, prosperous life where we're going to be happy and you're going to have the fence, the golden retriever, you know, the perfect income and life is going to be absolutely flawless. Oh, of course, my connection is going to start giving me shit. But um, basically, the idea that life is going to be perfectly fine for you if you just do all these things, which I think is just, it's really a toxic mindset. Because for a lot of people, what ends up happening is that you're under false pretenses. You believe that um, these ideals are going to bring you prosperity when a lot of the times they may not. Or dash some coffee and have them drop it off through the window. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, I'm upstairs. That would require them breaking and entering, and my dogs would absolutely lose their shit <laughs> if someone broke into the house. I mean, they're pretty friendly, but you know, I know some people are scared of pit bulls. But um, yeah, I have that. I actually have the uh, word pit bull muted on my Twitter because I know a lot of people get to be idiots about pit bulls. Um, but yeah, basically, like uh, all three of my dogs, Axton, Lily, and Posh, are probably freak out if somebody came walk through the door, and I'm nowhere close. Any, or um, I don't even think I get DoorDash out here. <laughs> they better have a good vertical jump. I actually have a pretty good vertical jump. But um basically, like people set up their lives around the ideals that if you just be a good man, right? Quote unquote, if you just work a job and you just find a woman, settle down, that everything will be right for you. But um I hope the point of this podcast serves is a um as a reminder that that's not always the case and that you can't expect that once again it's a covert contract well what is a covert contract it's a contract you made in your mind without telling the other person your explicit expectations and then expecting them to be able to follow it just because you made it in your mind and you believe in once again relationship equity that someone's going to do this stuff because you laid out the expectation that they would do that um, let me run another ad real quick. I appreciate all you guys being here. Let's do an element. All right, guys. Um, I'm absolutely thrilled with the uh, show's new sponsor. Um, I am now sponsored and uh, have an affiliate through LMNT electrolytes. Um, I have used these electrolytes for years. Um, back when I used to do a lot of fasting, in fact, I used to drink. Sometimes I want to say up to seven a day, seven little packets. So um, the packets are full of all the electrolytes that you need to perform and hydrate yourself properly. Um, you need sodium for pretty much every single function in your body, despite what um, a lot of people may tell you. Um, sodium doesn't actually cause a lot of the issues that uh, people kind of would have you believe. So um, just real quick to give you a little bit of facts. Um, you don't need sugar to hydrate. Electrolytes and water don't require glucose to pass through the gut. The average American consumes over 60 pounds of sugar a year. And um, when it comes to athletic performance, um, you can actually lose up to seven grams per day in hot climate. So um, make sure you click on the affiliate link below to get all your hydration needs. And like I said, I'm super stoked to have these guys um, teamed up with the podcast and uh, just make sure you get your uh, electrolytes through Element. All right, guys. Thanks. So hopefully my internet isn't as bad.
networks. I change networks. So if the quality is low, I apologize. Um, anyways, but um, yeah, to uh, the point here, we no longer live in that world where, yes, um, these 304s ain't worth it. <laughs> um, but in, in all seriousness, that uh, like, yeah, a, a lot of people don't, we don't live in the traditional Christian world that a lot of people want to live in. And it's silly to still operate like we do. Like, would we want to go back to a time where women could be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen? And if we just made enough money, then we could live a you know, happy, prosperous family life. Then yes, absolutely. I'm all for that world. And I think that if uh, people are able to do that, then they should do it. But um, unfortunately, we just don't live in that world anymore. Um, that's upsetting, but it just is what it is. So you can either choose to get on the internet and have a sore dick and bitch about it or you could do something else and figure out how to make your life prosperous and live in the world that we live in um people always ask when the pendulum is going to swing back there is no pendulum we will only go forward with the technologies and all the stuff and information and all the civilization that we have today that's what's going to happen we're going to continue to go forward um no matter what and you can either roll with it or get rolled over so um, another thing that I kind of reheated and not because I'm asking for attention because I, I really don't care about that. Let me see if I could pull this up. I kind of did a podcast on this a while back about anonymity, but I want to reheat it here. And this is another, I don't want to say zeroing out, but um, it's just something to be aware of and something I wanted to talk to people about. And if you guys want to, once again, drop some GMs in the chat, let me know how everyone's doing. Um, I kind of went back over the story of how, when I was working, how I was going to be an instructor. So if you guys can't see that, let me zoom in a little bit and see if that's better. Yeah, that looks a little bit better now. There are really real people hoping the pendulum swings back to pilgrimage. Yes. And that's just not going to happen. I hate to say it, but we're in a new world, new times. So we got new issues and even new advantages, which I think we should all be considerate and thankful for. But at the same time, um, you know, I don't know what the future looks like. Maybe we will go back to traditional marriages and stuff like that, but nobody really knows. So um, I'll read this tweet. But um, first, let me go to this one. If you were unfairly treated by your employer due to posting or liking something on this platform, we will fund your legal bill. No limit. Please let us know. Um, I don't know how the hell you'd reach out to Elon to do that. But um, yes, um, I don't know how you would do that. But um, I, I don't think that's really going to happen. I think it's, you know, kind of wishful thinking that they would do that. And I think Elon will absolutely go out of business if he's funding everybody's legal bills, because there's gonna be so many shades of nuance where you were canceled, quote unquote, but really sometimes it maybe was just that you were a legitimate asshole and people didn't want to hire you, which um, kind of goes to a core tenet of libertarianism of freedom of association. So um, do people get canceled sometimes unfairly for having the wrong opinions? Absolutely. Um, do people have obstacles to climb over that they shouldn't have to in the current um, political climate? Absolutely. Um, do people get pressured from political parties or the mob and then that causes them to do things that they wouldn't do otherwise? Absolutely. So now that we have all those caveats out of the way, I want to read my tweet because this was something that um, it serves as cautionary tale, if nothing else. Um, so as I read that tweet earlier, um, I got some new followers since earlier this year, but I was going to be an automotive instructor for high school kids. I walked out of my third interview sort of nervous. Um, this was the only job that I really thought I may not get. Um, normally, every single time I go into a job when it comes to automotive stuff, because I um, 
really built a good life around me being a good tech and having the ability to go wherever I wanted because I laid such a solid foundation down when I was in college and had experience that um, anywhere I'm, I was going to go, thumbs up, we're going to be good. I still can't believe Master Chef let me on the show after I threatened to eat Bill Gates. Well, I mean, you know, dude, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> but um, yeah, this is the only job I was really nervous about that I didn't think I was going to get because there was a little bit more high stakes and it wasn't just about whether or not I was a good tech. It was whether or not I'd be a good candidate to be an instructor. So I got a call back a week or so later and was told to come back to talk. Drove back, which this place was an hour away, so it wasn't like it was a short drive. Um, and they said, we want to bring you on board as an instructor once we review you with the school board. So this part right here, once we review you with the school board, that is a damning thing right there. So I accepted. Um, a few weeks go by and I get a call. Um, so I did go back to the place and kind of hoped that um, you know everything was going to be good. So once again, I went back and they said, hey, let's let's go ahead and move forward with kind of getting you all set up. And I kind of knew that my political views and the way that I do things and doing this podcast right here might bar me from certain opportunities. But I mean, you would think by three interviews that they would have thought to Google in K Y L E M A T O V C I K and then find out what I'm about. I mean, that's really that simple. It's not that hard. So, um, so I accepted a few weeks go by and I get a call. We've chosen not to go forward with employing you because of your social media. I asked if there's anything I could do to remedy this. The gentleman I did all my interviews with firmly said no. Um, and I really can't say I blame them all that much because like, you know, when I make jokes, racist jokes, not that I do that all that often or anti-Semitic jokes, which I don't do that often. Or I speak out against um, foreign policy or crazy woke left stuff or, you know, being an opinionated person as I am. And I would like to believe that I'm pretty good faith when I argue with people about stuff. Um, then that would kind of allow for a little bit more nuance. But um, once again, kind of to another point, like, does the fact that I'm a radical libertarian really affect how I'm going to instruct kids how to fix a car, you know, how to turn a 19 millimeter bolt or how to diagnose a wiring issue? I don't think so, but apparently they did. Um, was I unfairly treated by my employer due to posting or liking something on this platform? They weren't my employer yet, but one could make the argument that I was. Why does this matter? It's a cautionary tale that you can get smashed for having the wrong opinions. I wasn't quote unquote canceled. I went in this whole opportunity knowing full well that this could happen. If you follow me, you should too with every opportunity you get. Let me get that the hell out of here and we'll probably wrap things up. But yeah, I mean, I went into the whole situation knowing that basically I could get canceled, if you will, from getting a job because of my opinions. Uh, it's kind of why I get frustrated with a lot of people when they say they were canceled for having the wrong opinions. But what canceled means to a lot of people now is like you said something stupid on social media or something that you know would get a lot of backlash. And then the mob comes knocking at your door on Twitter and you get a whole ton of impressions and then you end up on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, you'd likely do better instructing the children. I appreciate that, dude. I do. Um, kind of a side tangent. I... I don't want to say I was troubled youth, but I was definitely a little bit of a heathen when I was in uh, middle school and high school. But uh, one thing that I was really excited for was the opportunity to be able to maybe put some of the kids that were in school on a better path because um, 
we talk about single mothers and stuff like that a lot and how there's a lack of fathers and households or whatever, and that some of these kids could use a more positive male influence in their life. Um, I was really hoping I could have did that for those kids um, to be, you know, 14 to 10 years older than some of the kids that I was instructing. I felt like I would have been a lot more of a relatable face where, you know, I did 10 years in the automotive industry and then got to spend time with kids and teach them the ropes and kind of how they were going to be perceived by some of the older people in different shops. Um, I needed a role model like that when I was in high school and stuff like that. Not that I really would have listened, but um, looking back at it, I think of all the time I spent talking to people that um, influenced me in a positive way. And I think about my experience working with um, different kids or um, different, different people that were older than me, you know, different techs. And I think about the influence that they had on me. And I look back and think, wow, you know, me getting my balls completely busted all the time was absolutely worth it. And it made me into a better person for it. I honestly think the thought of having a good positive male role model terrified the leftists. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you can't have people teaching um, kids to think critically anymore because then it may question the dogma that they're being taught, not just from one side or the other, but in general, um, all narratives that, you know, <laughs> if men can give birth, if you're taught to dogmatically think about that, then, or to non-dogmatically think about that and think like, just because you guillotine your junk, then does that mean that you're a woman? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Um, that terrifies people. To have people that think on their own and have opinions of their own and can come to conclusions on their own. Yeah, it terrifies a lot of people because um, if you're able to think for yourself, then you don't need a talking head on NBC, CNN, or even the alt media talking heads of Tim Cast or Steve Bannon or you name it. Um for you to come up with conclusions on your own that you don't need them to tell you everything that you need to hear. You can question things and do your own research to come to conclusions on your own. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that this was necessarily a zeroing out, but um, I used to not really believe in cancel culture and not that I didn't believe in it, but like, I'm like, ah, people play this up and it's bullshit. But um, I didn't give the devil its due in this respect in terms of like, it wasn't real until it came to my doorstep. And I think for a lot of people that may be the situation where they don't think that, excuse me, um, being canceled is a thing until you're on that chopping block. I didn't think it was. Um, I figured that if I just did whatever I did, then nobody would care about the social media stuff and everything would be good. Well, <laughs> it, was, it was full of shit. I was wrong. And I think that's a sign of an intellectually honest person, which I try to be, is that they're willing to admit they're wrong. And I was wrong about cancel culture coming my way. So it wasn't a zeroing out, but it was just kind of understanding that, well, the shit I say on here and everything I do does have consequences. It is what it is. Um, I can't do anything to change it now. And I likely won't ever have the kind of opportunity to be an instructor. And um, as I said to my friend DL or the Infinite Zeal Syndicate, Joel, I think his name is on Twitter, um, he said, man, that's upset, but there's going to be better opportunities for you. And I said, well, I am upset about it and I'm disappointed that I didn't get that opportunity, but it is their loss. They're not going to have someone like me to teach the kids and be relatable. And I think that a lot of the kids would have enjoyed my presence there. Um, it's, it's sad. It's disappointing, but you know, the majority of 
teachers for kids in high school or from the time they're in kindergarten until they're, you know, until they graduate college are all women. And not to say that women don't have anything to offer anybody or anything to offer men, but, um, <laughs> you know, as guys, we communicate to guys very, very well. Um, our, the parts of our brain really start firing when we're doing stuff, particularly when we do stuff in groups, because what did we do back on the, you know, planes or, you know, back when we were killing animals or when we lived in tribes, we would go chase down animals and slaughter them and cook them together and make tools and do things together as guys. And that's when <clears throat> the synapses on our brain really started to fire because we do things. Um, and I know you guys are all here listening to me talk, but like, you know, what I'd want everybody in the chat to do is to find something that I enjoy or that we mutually enjoy doing and then share that experience together and then, you know, talk about it afterwards. We're like, you know, where me and my dad will fix a car. And that's when we, that's the kind of time that we enjoy together. Uh, maybe me and Kevin would play music together and we would enjoy that. Um, you know, another tribe that I have is my band. The tribe that I have is my shop. We all have different tribes. And as guys, we communicate to one another by doing stuff. So this was like another kind of, I don't want to say zeroing out, but it was another red pill, if you will, as generic of a term as that is, um, for me to swallow that. You know, just because I didn't think cancel culture was a thing doesn't mean that it couldn't come to me. So um, I think that's about it. I think I covered everything I really wanted to cover. Um, I kind of gave a little bit of my zeroing out story and kind of how I made myself my own point of or mental point of origin and how I kind of focused my life around me and then providing for people because I know that I can do best for other people when I best provide for myself. Um I appreciate everybody spending their Sunday morning with me. Um, I enjoy doing these um, as much as I may ramble on and just bullshit. Um, it's cool to kind of have you guys here with me and I appreciate everybody listening. Make sure you head to all the links below to figure out what I got going on. Um, if I had my phone with me, I would look and tell you guys who I got coming on this week. But I think uh, Wednesday we're going to be doing a little bit more of a fitness podcast. So um, tune in. Let me give you the exact date and time. I believe it's going to be the 6th at um 5 p.m eastern time with max coleman and tower gang cole we're gonna be talking about all things fitness and nutrition i think it's gonna be a really really cool show so make sure you drop by for that and then thursday night show is going to be cognitive vigilance with um brandy and rin and i think we're having rad femme hitler on youtube brother i appreciate you dropping by um, that's going to be a little bit of a fiery show. <laughs> I don't know what to expect. I think it's going to be a dumpster fire. Um, I was messaging with the rhinestone and, uh, he said that it's going to be a dumpster fire. So, um, if you're looking for some fireworks and me yelling at the women, then that's probably a good show for you. Um, if you're listening to this after the fact, I appreciate you listening and subscribing to the show. Um, yeah, I don't think I got anything else for you guys. Um, I hope you guys had a good weekend. I hope that your Thanksgiving was good. I hope that your Christmas will be great. And I hope that you spend today doing what you want to do. And yeah, I think that's it. Um, so you can find me on Twitter where I'm most active at K-Y-L-E-M-A-T-O-V-C-I-K. Um, that's where I'm most active. Uh, I had one more thing, but maybe I'll do a different show later on in the week. Or maybe I'll do the next uh, Sunday coffee, kind of shooting the shit about that. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in until next time, get jacked and tan, be well, and take care. Thanks so much, guys.